Welcome back to another episode, another special edition episode, as we have the nickname many years ago, see if you remember this, Jake, was the Dancing Bear. Remember the Dancing Bear? Oh, yeah. Um, The Dancing Bear, Jake Holland. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Steve. Super excited to be on here. Um, Yeah, I'm just super happy. (laughs) It's good to have you you on. (laughs) It's good to have you on. And uh, to talk, you know, for those of you listening, uh, Jake went to Unionville Seawing High School, as did I. I'm quite a bit older than Jake, and so I kind of got to know him as more of a, a, a coach as he was kind of making his way through high school and college. And uh, so in this episode, we're going to kind of talk some, some old school basketball from when he was coming up. Uh, all the way through what he is doing now, which is really, really interesting. And if you've been following some of uh, my social media and some of our previous podcasts, you know that I've been doing lunges for a really, really long time. Well, so has Jake. And Jake's <laughs> next level. Jake's next level because he is going for the world record in a mile lunge walk coming up next month. What's the date, Jake? August 30th. It's just August a, it's 30th. Sunday. Yeah. So he is about a month and a half out from trying to break the world record. And we'll get more into the details as far as times and his kind of training strategies and all that stuff as we um, get kind of towards the second half of our podcast. But Jake, another one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on, I, it was funny following some of your lunge, lunge work for the past couple of years. And we've been in touch on and off, just kind of encouraging each other here and there was um, the workouts that, that you've been doing and, you know, I'll post occasionally of, of some of my workouts. And, um, but I texted my brother said, I got to have Jake on because he's the first guy that I kind of started uh, training when I came back to the U S from playing professionally overseas. Um, yeah. I was like, so, you know, between, between the lunges and the, the back history, he'd be a cool guest to, to have. And they were like, yeah, have him on. And, you know, ask him about, you know, the lunges and old school jib and you know some other stuff I was like sure no problem I can I can do that so let's go let's go back Jake when I started Thumb Pride basketball camp uh, you were in high school and I didn't have a high school basketball camp at that time Thumb Pride was really small I had a elementary and a junior high camp and so you Mm -hmm. were a coach you were one of my coaches that I would bring in and I remember and I want to see what some of your memories are from, from this a while ago. But I remember having you come in and be one of the coaches. And at that time, with my camp starting out, I hadn't worked with enough athletes that had kind of gotten up and older. Because mm-hmm. now they become my coaches. Like the, all the players that I train, they, they go up, they play college basketball, they come back during the summer, and they're my, my coaches. Well, I hadn't been doing that long enough to have any coaches. So I was bringing my buddies in to coach. So I had like guys from Saginaw Valley and teammates right. from Hope College and overseas coming in. But we had you around. I was like, so yeah. we got to have Jake come <laughs> in too. And so I remember getting some really good runs in after camp as you were probably, I don't know, going into your senior year, whatever it might have been, being like, oh, this, this dude's not bad. This dude's not yeah. bad. He's big, okay, but he, he can actually play a little bit. What do you remember from some of that? Uh, I just remember you coming in here and wanting to do some open runs after those camps. And you, like you said, you had some of your old teammates from college and other local college players. And I thought it was a great opportunity to 
to play some some real talent. Not saying high school ball wasn't real talent, but at the time it was just trying to elevate your game to a new level. And uh, I, I remember going in quite a bit with you because I would typically sometimes guard you, and obviously that wasn't obtainable for myself at the time. <laughs> I remember we would go back and forth a little bit, uh, jawing. I remember one specific time you just daggered right in my face and you let me know about it. <laughs> <laughs> and you just ran down the court. And you actually came back and apologized to me. She's like, I get in the heat of the moment. It, it just happens. <laughs> I, I get it. But, uh, yeah, it was it was great. I remember going to, to a Bay City League with you. I don't remember what the gym was. It was like an old All Saints gym. And uh, – those were some intense games and I've never experienced those kind of open gyms before. So it really opened up my eyes to uh, a whole new level of basketball. I mean, these guys, some of them were, I don't know, what would you say? Thirties, high twenties and age wise, um, former high school basketball players that went and did some kind of maybe Juco ball or maybe D2 or something like that, but it was high level basketball and it really opened my eyes to it. So I took it to a new level as well and took it much more serious and wanted to go play some college ball. Yeah, it was uh, good to have you. And, and once I kind of saw that you were a local guy and I was back during the summers, I was like, mm -hmm. this is a guy that I can have kind of tag along with some of my stuff. And yep. so I remember after you had graduated high school, I was like, I'm going to have Jake play on my, my men's league team. I'm going to have, you know, sometimes we're going to work out uh, together and, you know, you want to keep playing. So as you were going to play at Delta, yep. I was like, sweet, you know, like I'm, I want somebody to, to work out with. Occasionally I can use a, a big to set me ball screens when we're playing <laughs> in an open gym and yeah. uh, we can. I did a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pick and pop baby. Um, and to be able to, to do that. Um, so that worked out really well. Um, I remember going to, to work out a lot in uh, the Methodist church gym and, yep. you know, talking a lot of trash. We would do our shooting workouts and then mm -hmm. we'd always play some one-on-one. -on -one. We play post one-on-one because -on -one you couldn't yep. guard me if we went out on the wing. Um, <laughs> and so we played post one-on-one, -on -one, which I don't know if you, you ever beat me. I don't know. Um, I really I don't think yeah, I seriously don't know if you'd be, ever beat me <laughs> for a couple of years. Um, but we, but basically what we would do is play, I called it triangle one-on-one. -on -one. Yep. And so you'd have the, the blocks, both blocks, and then the high post, and you'd get one dribble. Is that right? Uh, it was like one, two, maybe three. Somewhere, no okay. more than three, I know that for sure. Yeah, so, and it might have changed based on, like, maybe it was one in the post and two two up top. That's probably something like what it was. Um, just to work on, like, the high post skills. And as we were, were playing, because I was debating whether or not to go back and play overseas, at that time we did a lot of shooting stuff and a ton of shooting. And I remember always looking back and saying, should I have done that much shooting with you because you were still a bigger post player? Um, yeah. And then I, I watched you play at Delta. And you can share more about this than, than I can, but you know, you got a scholarship uh, to yep. continue to play afterward to go play NAI ball. And mm -hmm. one of your biggest strengths was the fact that you were a stretch, like you were a stretch big before 
you know, slightly before that was really, really popular. Yep. And so being able to watch you play and see you apply all the shooting work that we did, because as a guard playing overseas, if you shoot it, you basically like have to make it every time. Cause people are like, what the heck? You missed a right. shot. What are you doing? Um, yeah. So we did a ton of shooting. Thousands then, of shots. Oh Thousands. yeah. Like, yep. Just boom, 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 nonstop. And I was like, it worked. It worked. It was like, you were actually kind of ahead of, um, you know, what now in today's game would be what people would really, really want. You were, oh, yeah. you were slightly ahead of the curve as far as being able to shoot the basketball for a big out on yeah. the perimeter. Is that how you saw it? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. So in high school, I was never allowed to shoot um, a three or even possibly just a step or two in. Um, it was, if I did, I was going to get pulled. You know how it is with uh, Coach Gainforth and yep. Coach Brown. So, um, yeah, the summer after my senior year is when we really started cracking down on the mid-range and then pushing it once in a while to the three-point range. And to be honest, if, if we didn't do that, I wouldn't have been a stretch four ever. Um, so all the credit to you on getting those shots up with me and, and getting me a, a better player to go into Delta. Um, Delta – I typically was the the four. Um, once in a while, I played the five, but I, like you said, I would stretch out and shoot the three once in a while. And some games, I'd hit a couple. And I, I believe my sophomore year at Delta, after like the first five or six games, I was top five in the nation with percentage of three pointers. I actually just saw it on my. I looked back on my Instagram and saw it, and it was Dang, like, "Dang, that's crazy! I didn't know that." Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I only shot like 15, and I made, I don't know, like 12 or 11. But at the time, I, I was pretty happy with that. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I transitioned well with the, the jump shots, and it, it really is with putting all the work in. You're not going to get it overnight. You're going to have to put those shots up every single day. We had some workouts where I remember um... – Basically, at that time, especially after 2011, you graduated high school, 2011 mm -hmm. was my last year playing in Europe, but I hadn't decided fully if I was going to go back overseas yet. So I spent that whole summer still training like I normally would in case I went back to Europe. Mm -hmm. and so I needed a bunch of people to work out with. And so I remember um, I would work out with you. And then when you weren't around, I would work out with like Scott Fletcher. And then when you went around, I'd work out with like my brother. And then when none of them were around, I'd work out with myself. Um, yeah. So I was working out, you know, three times a day probably. Um, yeah. But being able to have you as a guy who's like, I know you're going to go play college basketball. I can actually teach you while I'm working out at the same time. Yep. Um, worked out really well. And walk a little bit through before – um, we continue to kind of transition with the podcast on how you ended up getting that basketball scholarship to go continue to play basketball. And was it Indiana or Illinois? Illinois, Belleville, Illinois, which is probably roughly 20, 30 minutes away from St. Louis. So it's right on the border of Missouri. Um, so leading up to Illinois, I actually walked on to Delta um, I actually had um, the assistant coach came out and watched the districts in my senior year. And I would go to their open gyms. I would go to their workouts. And coming from small town Seaboy in USA, the, the hard work, blue collar mentality, um, I was putting in as much work as I could because 
I thought that's what it's college ball. You know, you got to take it to a new level. And I actually earned that scholarship um, leading up to the semester, my, my freshman year, my first semester, my head coach gave me a call and said, you're going to get a half ride, which at the time, that's awesome. I'm like, I earned it and I was super happy. Um, but yeah, I had that for my freshman year and sophomore year. And then I wanted to take it to another level and go, I don't know, try to go D2 or whatever I could. Um, but then Lindenwood University got a hold of me in Belleville, Illinois. And I believe they came out and watched one of my games that was maybe in Battle Creek early in my sophomore year. And that's when I really started to play the stretch for my sophomore year. Um, we had some really good guards. Um, one that actually went on to play at Culver Stockton, who we actually ended up playing. I wasn't on the team at the time, but that, that's later on. Um, yeah, I went and visited with my mom and then uh, went back home, made a decision, signed my letter of intent, and then I went back and kind of got everything else situated. Um, and that was the – I went there the fall of 2013. So we'll, we'll dig into that as well. Mm -hmm. So obviously small town, but high, high level of basketball for our small town being at USA. Sure. Um, walk on, get a scholarship. Yep. As you said, it takes time. Like we're working on a jump, a jump shot, which you weren't really doing a lot at the high school level. And in, in large part, like you didn't need a jump shot as much in high school, right? Mm -hmm. But now you're yeah. college basketball. Well, you're just one of the other big guys or you're not big anymore, depending on who you're going up against. You got to be able to have something different. So yeah. being able to work on that jump shot, takes a couple years by year two. Oh, okay, yeah. now people are paying attention. You get the scholarship to continue to play basketball after those two years of JUCO. Um, and then you've always had some shoulder problems, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah. walk us through kind of how that happened and how's your shoulder doing now? Yeah, so the first time I dislocated my shoulder was during my second game of my junior year of high school. It was at All Saints, um, first half. I, I could tell you detail by detail that day. It'll, I'll never forget it. Um, I went to tackle somebody and he went right through my left shoulder and it dislocated. I laid on the ground and it, and it popped back in. And then at the time, Dr. Canfield, um, Ken Canfield's dad was there and he checked it out. And I didn't play defense the second half until like the fourth quarter, it was crunch time. And I was like, I, I'm good to go. I'll, I'll go back in and played the whole game, the whole rest of the second half. And next thing you know, I, we scored a touchdown and it's kind of a silly story, but I threw my arms up like the touchdown sign, you know, and there it goes. It's out and it's not going back in, went to the hospital and my football career was done, done. And I, I knew it. Um, Cause I wanted to focus more on basketball at that, after that happened. So Fast forward to junior year of basketball, I actually hurt my right shoulder during that season. I went up for a rebound somewhere. It was against Reese, and I could feel it. It, it bothered me the whole rest of the season. And then I think in districts, I really did something to it in my junior year, and then I just kept popping it in and out when we were doing open gyms. And I went and got it checked out, and it was terrible. I tore my whole labrum, and I had to get surgery that summer, so leading up to my senior year. So my senior year, I played the whole 
season with a right shoulder surgery and then it was fine like I played fine and then going into college I was fine and then when I went to Illinois um, I went back after Christmas break it was like the second or third game back from break and I went to go box out a guy and he did kind of like a swim move on my left shoulder the one from 2010 which I only did rehab for and that was out I went down on the ground super hard and I was screaming bloody murder it was it's it was the most painful experience of my life and I don't wish it upon my worst enemy, to be honest. Um, as soon as I went down and I sat on that bench, I knew I was done. I was going home. It was just, it was a, a weird situation in my time of life there. Um, I just knew my basketball career was done and I had to come to terms with that. And I, and I did, it took me a while. I went home and, and got the surgery done, did the rehab and, it was a hard mental space because you dedicate your whole life to it growing up. I mean, I started playing basketball when I was, I don't know, you know, CYBA back at Christ the King. So, and then, I don't know, 15, 18 years or whatever. It was hard, but I moved on and I'm, I couldn't be happier right now. So. Yeah, that's, man, you always feel bad for players where, you know, it's, it's somewhat not on their own terms. But there's nothing you can do. Like there's absolutely nothing you can do when it comes to injuries like like that. I mean, everyone was, you know, some you're you popped it out. It comes back in. You you know, you guys scored a touchdown. It pops back out. Clearly, something wasn't right. Um, you know, a guy makes a swim move to get a rebound when you're boxing out. That happens. You know, how many possessions does that happen every game? every practice, you know, but it just happens one, one little thing wrong at a certain angle, boom. And, and it can, it can change, you know, your, your career. Um, but I, I think it's, it's still a testament to all the hard work that, that you put in, um, you know, cause that was one of the reasons why I liked working out with you back then was because I, you worked hard. Yeah. Right. And, um, I was known and still am known for, you know, having a pretty high level of expectation for like, if you're going to work out with me, well, this is how it's going to be. And here's what you're going to do and show up and get after it. And uh, you were one of those guys that would, would do that. And so I was always trying to be like, Hey, come and, you know, or come over to my house. And I remember you coming over to the house in Seabling and us doing some agility work and stuff oh, yeah. like that. Um, and it's funny because I remember you would run over to my house right? <laughs> and then we would do the agility work and then you would run back. And I remember always laughing to myself because I was like, how much running does this guy need to do? Like, I'm thinking, I was like, I'm doing like the speed and agility work, like no distance. That yeah. was my, that was like my whole training philosophy in the off season. Yeah. No distance running. I was like, no distance. The only distance I'm going to do is when I'm playing like five on five and stuff. So right. you're like playing open gyms and you're like running like a couple miles there and back from each other's houses. I was like, geez, this guy's got some different level of body type or something. Because uh, I can't <laughs> I do something like, like that. that <laughs> What's that? I don't know what I was thinking at that time. <laughs> well, I mean, again, everybody's different as well. So like what your needs are might be different than what someone yeah. else's needs are as far as them being able to perform at a high level. You know, I saw the extra running that you were doing. I was like, 
I have a really kind of thin body type. If I did even more cardio than I'm already doing, I'd just waste away. And there, there wouldn't be hardly anything there. Like it'd, it'd be too much. Um, like I need to lift weights. I need to go short bursts. And then if I add all the conditioning that I'm doing with hoop, that's, that's all I need. Whereas there, there's other players who's like, no, you got to do more of this. You might have to do less of something else to get the most out of out yeah. of your body. It's kind of a good example like that, I think. I agree. Yeah. Um, so you're now in Columbus, Ohio, and we're going to get into the lunges, which is something that I've been really passionate about, mm -hmm. as I know you have. Um, so give me a little bit of kind of your transition. And I think it's how, like, you've always been a, a hard worker. You've shown your attention to detail and being in great shape through being in basketball, but basketball is over now. You, you hurt yourself. Yep. What's some of that kind of story and how you transition from I'm a college athlete into kind of finding myself again. And now, I mean, you are on, uh, you're at an elite level in a sense, as far as taking care of your body and, and what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, I really started taking the, the fitness serious as soon as I got back from Illinois and had to do the rehab and such from my shoulder. Um, it was like March in the middle of March of 2014, but uh, I'll fast forward to um, 2019, like the January. Uh, that's when I signed up for Corey Gregory's fitness app, um, his programming. And uh, I signed up because he was running a contest of I want abs and every person in the fitness world or who's uh who's training would love to have abs and you know me from me being a kid i've been kind of a, a husky guy <laughs> if you want to say um i've never even seen an ab before and i i took it extremely serious it was a 12-week contest and his conditioning were lunges and when i first signed up i looked and it said 400 meters or 800 meters of lunges every day and i'm thinking every day i mean I, I we did lunges in high school like down and back it's kind of like a warm-up yeah but 400 meters to 800 i was like there's no way I'm, I'm not gonna do that so the first six weeks of that contest i actually did some kind of hit program um and i was like all right I'll give it a shot so in between like my bench press or whatever i was doing i'd go do like 20 lunges back and forth and then I would do that for like five sets to equal out to like a hundred and then the one day I was like well I can do 120 and then I moved it to 150 and then 200 and one day something snapped and it was February 27 2019 I was like I gotta do 30 minutes no matter what and he said you if you don't have like access to a track you can do 15 minutes or 30 minutes because that on average um your beginner would take about 15 minutes to do 400 meters. So I said, okay, I'll do 30 minutes no matter what. And I started doing it <laughs> on like day three or four. Uh, I'm, I'm literally struggling to, to walk. Every step is pain in my legs. It, you know the feeling, you do your lunges. Um, so I just kept going and going. And then next thing you know, I got a good streak going. And then we bought a house in Grand Rapids. And it's funny because the house we bought in Grand Rapids across the street is a track. <laughs> so 
So at that point, it's like, you don't have an excuse to skip your lunges because I was doing them in the back room of the gym I was attending in Grand Rapids, uh, making circles, just circle and circle and circle. And each circle was about 20 steps. So you can imagine how many <laughs> uh, steps I had to do to equal the 30 minutes because I would count them every you're single dizzy. day. Yeah, you're getting dizzy if it's 20 steps for a circle. Yeah, and at the time, my stride wasn't where it's at now, but uh, it was, I would do way too many laps. But transition into the track, that was just a complete game changer. Um, and I would just go out there literally every single day. Uh, no matter what, I say it all the time because it literally is a mentality. So no matter what, I don't care if it's raining. I don't care if it's snowing. I don't care if it's 90 degrees out. You're, you're going to get out there and get your lunges in. Um, and I just kept going with it to this day. So. so how many days in a row has it been that you've been doing the at least 800 meters of lunges? Yeah, so I've done at least 800 meters of walking lunges uh, for 504 days. Uh, today was day 504. Um, I've actually done at least 1,000 meters for the past 100 days. Today was day 100 for 1,000 meters. That's and cool. yeah, this is the second week in a row that I've done 1,200 meters Monday through Friday. And then Saturday, Sunday, I try to. Um, get a good blood flow and, and keep a good pace, keep a good heart rate, um, active recovery day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to get into some of your kind of training techniques and stuff as mm -hmm. you go for the world record yep. in about a month and a month and a half. So again, for those that are listening that aren't super familiar with lunges, I mean, think about it, you know, whether you had PE class in high school growing up, whatever it is, and you did some lunges, your PE teacher probably said, hey, go to, go to half court doing some lunges and jog back or something like that. And maybe it was like 10 lunges or something, something like that. And you probably felt it. You probably didn't like it. <laughs> and you didn't go very far. No. Now, think about, he's talking meters and miles when he's doing his lunges that's some serious <laughs> distance and now he's added on we're not only doing it at this distance but we're going for time right but now it's become somewhat of a race which yeah. is really interesting so before we get into some of the specifics what are some of the benefits that you found doing lunges yeah, um, man, the list is super long. Uh, when I first started doing them, I've always had a, a bad low back, I guess you would say, but everybody says they have a bad low back and they have pain in their lower back. I have bad posture, so you're hunched over all the time. And um, people think it's their back, so they go to the chiropractor, but in re reality, it's your glutes not firing. Your glutes aren't active, um, and your glutes are going to take that pressure off your lower back and as soon as I started doing them I noticed my lower back pain quote-unquote is little to none so that's been one of the biggest for me and then building up my quads relieved a lot of pressure on my knees uh, I've always had a lot of knee pain in high school and then in college I'd, I'd wear those things around your knee to help with jumpers yep and once I started doing that it 
just started going away because you're building up those the knee tendons, the quad, and realistically, it takes that pressure off. So, and then the hamstrings come along with it too because it's it's literally a total body movement. You activate your hamstrings, your glutes, your lower back, your quads, everything. It all comes together. Um, Corey likes to call us a general physical preparedness, GPP. That's something that you can do every single day, as you see. So, um, I've noticed the same thing. I've been yeah. doing lunges for, let's see, I want to say August. Well, let's, let's backtrack a little bit. So you started, did you start doing lunges before 2019? Or were, was it like you weren't doing them at all and then you just started like going – you went pretty fast from like zero to 100. Is that right? Six weeks to be exact. <laughs> like that's, that's crazy. Um, that's pretty cool. So yeah. my story is a little different. Uh-huh. In 2015, I started, so this would be a little over five years ago now, I did the Jump Attack program by Tim Grover. A lot of people in basketball are familiar with Tim Grover, trainer from Michael Jordan, Kobe, yeah. Dwayne Wade. And so he's got a fitness fitness book and it's a three month program. And within that program, there's a lot of lunges. Now they're not lunge walks like you're doing, but there's a ton of lunge variations. You know, there's, you know, the Bulgarian uh, elevated lunge holds. There's, um, you know, different variations, keeping your back leg straight uh, with each lunge. There's, you know, lunge jumps on and on with all these lunges. Oh, yeah. So I did the program. It's really, really tough. And I really liked the results. Um, And so I was like, okay, you know, lunges weren't something that I was super familiar with besides what, you know, we kind of grew up doing was you do something to like warm warm the body up, kind of like a stretch, right? Yep. And then uh, as that kind of year, 2015, 2016, my brother Taylor had been following Corey Gregory, right? Yep. The um, kind of the, you're the fitness guru that you, you train with. Yep. And um, he was also doing a lot of lunges. So I started to follow some of his stuff and he was doing it for distance. Mm-hmm. And at that point I was like, I don't want to do the full jump attack program like all the time. Right. But I do want to keep some of the benefits that I saw. And I see this other guy who, as far as I know, like Tim Grover and Corey Gregory are very well known in their field. But they're not like buddy buddy that they they know each other and they're like, hey, we do this stuff together. So I'm I'm looking at it from the standpoint of we got two people who are really know their stuff and they're both preaching lunges. Mm -hmm. There's something here. Right. And so when I saw that Corey Gregor was doing that a lot, I'd already been doing them a lot in the previous program. I was like, this is an exercise that I'm keeping. And so for five years, I've kept it. And in 2019, I wrote down, because I write down about five goals every year, things that I want to do, whether it's business, physical, mental, spiritual. And so lunges was one of those things. And I wrote down at least minimum three days a week lunges. Mm-hmm. which really wasn't that much of a challenge because I was kind of already doing them that much anyway, but I want to make sure no week off that's less than three times a week. And as I was going through that year, I was like, this isn't enough. I'm doing three just like 
it's not even that consistency isn't enough for me. I was probably doing them at least four as it was. Yeah. So you started to take off with, with doing them every day. And I was like, screw it. I'm going to do them every day too. Um, <laughs> and uh, I started to go a minimum a hundred every day. And so a hundred, I got pretty long legs. A hundred lunges for me is about 133 uh, meters. Okay. Um, and so when I'm doing lunges, I, I picked a hundred for this reason. I needed something that was consistent on my camp and travel days. So for those of you guys listening, you know, I teach basketball for a living. And there's, there's days where, you know, I'm in the gym on my feet for 12 hours and then I'm driving and then I'm sleeping and that was my day and then I do it all over again. Granted, not during a pandemic, <laughs> but, but normally. Um, that would be like my whole summer, for example, and then on and off throughout the rest of the year. So I was like, what's, a, what's an amount that I can stay consistent to that isn't going to be so um, difficult for me to do while I'm basically working out the entire day anyway? So I was like, I'll do a hundred. I'll do a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, and so recently I've picked up slightly if I do them stationary, I do a hundred. If I do them walking, I do 150. That's the minimum. I'll do more than that. But like, that's the, that's the basement of what I'm trying to do. Just cause I feel like walking is easier than doing them stationary. Like you got to step, you got to push back. You I agree. Still only did one. Right. Whereas if I step, there's one, I step my next movement, boom, I'm already into two. So I found it a little easier doing walking than if you're just in, in one spot, but the low back, pain the knee pain you talked about the hamstrings yep also the hips my hip flexibility has gone way up and as a, as a basketball player and a lot of the basketball players that I train that's one of the biggest issues that they come to me with is tight hips yeah and different from a squat you know the the lunge is such a it's a true movement it's a dynamic movement it's a stretch while you're really you know, putting some strain on the muscles at the same time. And yep. so that has really helped my flexibility and my, my movement within my hips while still building some strength. That's one of the reasons why I like it so much. Oh, yeah. um, I also have a bad knee from playing a ton of basketball. So like I need, I probably need to have knee surgery. My, my right knee, if I, if I, squat with like a lot of weight it feels like somebody's taking a knife and jamming it inside my knee um so my my right knee is really messed up but for the ability to do a lunge it doesn't it doesn't hurt right whereas if i do a bunch of squats like my knee like somebody's killing me um and so that's been a really good movement for me to do uh as well so with your your lunges that's not just the workout, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're still lifting weights. You still yeah. have a full-time job, all this yeah. stuff. So take me through a day in the life of yeah. Jacob Holland, because this is where things get really interesting. Uh, yeah. So Monday through Friday, I wake up at two 30 in the morning. Um, I don't press snooze. I have seven alarms set. Two thirty to two thirty-seven, just in case. Um, I wake up, get my gallon jug ready to go, 
and get my pre-workout and I hit the door about 2.55. I hit the road, the gym's about 25 minutes away. So I arrive to old school gym at 3.20, 3.30 and I start, I start training. Um, and I'm there till it depends on uh, what I have going on that day. But typically I leave the gym at 6 a.m. and I go hit the track right after the gym. As soon as I'm done, I, I go right to the track. There's a track right around the corner from the gym, um, a local high school, and I go hit my lunges. And as soon as I'm done with my lunges, I, I drive back home and, and, and start my work day. So. so you're up at 2.30 in the morning. Yes. That's early. Very. <laughs> what time do you go to sleep at night? Uh, I'm a pretty strict 9 p.m. person. Uh, some days I try to get in bed 8.30, depending on how I feel. Um, if I get to bed later than 9.30, I'm going to feel it the next morning for sure. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I got to bed last night at 9.15, 9.20. And to be honest, I woke up this morning pretty tired. I mean, it's not easy getting up at that time of day. Um, whatsoever right just because i do it monday through friday doesn't mean it's not hard because it it's very hard so so talk about the the lifestyle of of that because you're you're going to bed well before uh, you know most people are probably staying up till i don't know 11 i'm just guessing oh, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know easily and then they're waking up at i don't know seven yeah. Like I really, I'm really not sure. Um, <laughs> you're waking up at the middle in the middle of the night. Really. Um, talk about the, the why, why has that worked for you? Uh, it's funny. I mean, referring back to Corey, when I first started following him, he would, uh, wake up, I think at, at the time it was four and he'd get to the gym at five, but then obviously he moved it to the, to 4am. But then I just started following his workouts and, and following what he did. And I just jumped on the train and, and started doing the same thing. Um, obviously like it was waking up at five sometimes and I transitioned. I didn't go from waking up at 7am to right away two thirty. It, over the time from 2014 to now, I, it would be five or five thirty, and now it's two thirty. <laughs> so it's it's not going to happen overnight. Um, it, you could do that if you really put your mind to it. You could make that transition into I'm going to better myself and get up earlier before your average American, I guess, um, and and push it. it. It really is just a challenge. It's just another challenge. I'm seeking out a challenge every day, and that's another reason why I do the lunges because they're so challenging and to be honest, I, I know it's going to be there and I'm, I'm going to embrace it. The uncomfort, it's just super uncomfortable rolling out of bed at 2.30. Um, pitch dark, um, you turn that light on and you're just, it instantly just hits me and I look forward to it, to be honest. So 8.30 approximately to 2.30, six hours asleep. Um, do you feel like, this is one, honestly, don't turn into a vampire for me, all right? Where you, you're, you know, you're up all night sleeping all day. Just don't do that, okay? <laughs> no, but, but no. I, I won't do that. I'm just ma making fun of you, but, um, yeah. but, but for real. The, 
ability to get uh, to work out at a high level for, you know, you're doing the track workout, you're lifting hard at the gym, your nutrition, you know, I would say mm-hmm. this, like, if you're not going to get, say, eight hours of sleep, so many things have to be on point, right? Yeah. So talk about how, like, on it you are with, you know, nutrition or, you know, are there supplements that you're taking that help you be able to balance? Because yeah. I would say if a normal uh, if a normal American who's somewhat healthy was just like, yeah, I'm just going to start doing this. If their nutrition isn't on point, if their hydration isn't on point, the way that they're taking care of the body when they're awake isn't on point, it's, it's not going to work, right? And so you, it's not just about you sleeping for six hours and getting up early. This is a full lifestyle, right? It's not just I sleep less than other people. It is a, a lifestyle. So I want people to under understand that explain that a little bit yeah for sure um i to be honest i can't go into detail exactly what i eat because that's how Corey gets people to his membership so i don't want to expose that to people who may be listening um but i can tell you kind of the basic like a protein fat carb and i i do fast um 16 hours a day so i can tell you that um but when i do eat I eat a lot, so I eat at roughly noon or one, um, and then five, maybe six. Those are like your two main meals, and then I have a thing called a carb spike, where I don't have any sugar throughout the day, and then at night, I'm just, I'm having sugar to boost my insulin to help me get into a deeper sleep quicker and help recovery, and that's going to be my fuel for my work. Um, I push probably two gallons of water a day, to be honest with you. Um, sometimes I might be drinking too much water and it might, I'm, I'm trying to play around with that. Um, I'm intaking a ton of salt right now because I'm just sweating like crazy. Um, and I'm trying to retain all that water I'm putting in as opposed to just keep draining it out. You know what I mean? Um, but it's funny it, you say it's a lifestyle because last night, I was on the road to Indiana. I was on the road for five hours and I had to eat dinner on the road. And if you don't plan and prepare, you're, you, I can't skip that meal right now because I know the effects I'm going to have the next morning. Um, if I don't have dinner until seven, I got to eat my card spike right away. And then I'm just bloated and I feel like crap, to be honest. So I had to make my dinner during my lunch and put it in a big old bowl <laughs> get my lunch pail and hit the road. And at, on my way home at five 30, I'm, I'm eating and driving. Don't, I mean, safely, very safely, but I have to make sure I, I plan and prepare those meals because I, I can't afford to go eat uh, a burger at Wendy's right now. So sure. sure. No, that it makes really is a lifestyle. Yeah, it is a lifestyle. And I, I, that's some of the, you know, you didn't have to tell me all the, specifics of, of what you eat that's you're part of an online membership i can respect that because i got an online membership for my basketball players and i wouldn't want them sharing every little detail but um yeah. to be able to give out some of it is is helpful and spreading the, the word about it as well so lots of water the salt intake is is key 
you know, we could do so many podcasts on just kind of this style. I, when I'm, when I'm uh, running my camps in the summertime and I'm always on my feet, I'm always sweating at least a, a little bit. You're in these hot, humid gyms during the summertime and I'll put salt in my, you know, in my drinks and stuff. And I've, I've had conversations with people. They're like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. I was like, what are you talking about? You know how much salt I'm sweating out every day? Yep. I, I can't get it. I can't get enough back in. Right. It's just, it's just seeping out of me. I was like, I have to have the, the salt intake. Otherwise my cramping, right. My hydration is going to go down the tubes because I don't have enough salt in salt in my body. So the importance of staying hydrated and getting enough salt is, is obviously key. Um, so you've talked about some of the sleep schedule, some of the things that nutrition wise you're taking into your body. Um, obviously moving down to, to Columbus, share a little bit of just kind of what it's like to be able to train at a place like old school gym, Corey Gregory as as many people know, if they follow kind of the fitness industry is really well known within the fitness industry. What's that experience mm -hmm. been like for you? Man, it's, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy how life works going from following six years ago to now I train with him in the 4am crew. It's, it's just mind blowing. It's still mind blowing to me right now. And I'm super grateful and thankful for it. And, um, it's, it's like I'm on a team, to be honest with you. It's like I'm on a basketball team again, but uh, we all have the same kind of goal, a similar, where you're trying to obtain a goal and, and take it to a new level. Um, each person is uh, challenging each other every single day. Um, we're, we literally start out with front squats Monday, Tuesday. Today was, today's Wednesday, so we back squatted. And then Thursday, Friday is front squats again. That's what you start as soon as you go in there. Um, and you're trying to max out and get uh, you know, the heaviest amount of weight you can get that day. Um, it's just unbelievable. I, I still walk in there and it's just, it's awesome. I love it. Um, super grateful. Like I said, uh, the guys are all super cool guys, super nice. Um, and you, you just got to show up and, and, and work hard to be honest with you. Um, and you just ask questions. If you don't know, I mean, I didn't know a ton of stuff and I, you just gotta ask questions. You can't be scared to ask questions on how to get better. Nobody's gonna say, no, I'm not gonna help you get better. It's not gonna be the case. Um, I, I, like I said, I couldn't be happier. It's been a crazy experience and, and I love it. It's awesome. That's pretty cool. And obviously that's been a big part of why you've been doing lunges so consistently, which have led yep. you up to trying to break a world record. So um, a, cu a couple of questions for you as you're, I mean, you're doing a minimum 800 meters of lunges. So yep. have you ever, I mean, as an athlete, we've all cramped up at times. Have you ever cramped up and like things just lock out? Oh yeah. Um, actually last week, my lower back was wrecked. Last Tuesday, or yeah, Tuesday specifically, we, we deadlifted on Monday. I pulled a number I haven't pulled since before quarantine, um, off of some blocks and I felt good with it. But the next day I was really feeling my lower back was so tight. I had to take a, a few extra pauses, um, during my, my laps just to try to get some, some kind of blood back in there or something 
I, it was rough. It was probably one of the worst days I've had over the 504. Um, yeah, of course, my, <laughs> it's funny because when I really try to push my time, a Friday I really try to um, get that pace going. Um, my quads literally feel like they're going to explode. <laughs> it's a pain uh, that I embrace because I know what I need to do. Um, and some days I enjoy it. <laughs> Crazy to say, but other days it's like, all right, you need to kind of uh, take a step back and recover a little bit, take it easy. So because the, the amount of volume I'm doing with these lunges is just absurd. Um, and I've really been trying to take that recovery serious over the past couple weeks. Um, like, to be honest, for example, today was extremely rough. We back squatted. Um, it was my first time squatting this week. I scaled the squats back um, starting last week. So I had to take my time today. Yesterday, I really pushed it. I was super happy um, with my time and how I performed. And then today, I'm feeling the effects. And it doesn't help that I drove five hours yesterday, but I have to do that. That's my job. Um, and I don't, it, it just, it is what it is. My hips are tight. So I know that now my, my mindset has changed from Jake, just push through it, push through it. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. To Jake, take a step back. It's okay. And I have to be mentally all right with not performing at my best every day. Cause you're not going to PR every single day. It's just not going to happen. So that's been a big shift in my mindset is, listening to my body. I've taken more ice baths over the past few weeks. I've uh, stretched more, um, just doing whatever it takes, to be honest, whatever it takes, I'm going to do it to, to break this record. So have you ever been sick in the last 500 plus days? No. My metabolism is so fast that I have, no, I have not gotten sick. I've gotten a little sniffle maybe, but it was probably allergies, to be honest with you. So that's interesting because whenever someone, <laughs> this is going to sound strange, but yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, you know, people have called me crazy with some of the workout stuff that I do. So if anybody has a really long streak, <laughs> one of the first things I think of after, of course, like, oh, it's a pretty impressive streak is, well, they never got like the flu or something. <laughs> like that's where my mind automatically goes is, is honestly it's not like wow I can't believe they did this is they never got so sick they couldn't get out of bed because they were puking or something like that like my, my, for some reason my mind always always goes there um, but I think with, with you know you have a consistent sleep schedule you have a an eating schedule that you got down pat um, there, there's things that you're doing that you know, should be building your immune system as well. And so they've allowed you to go 500 straight days of yep. at least 800 meters, which is a legit workout, right? I'm doing, I'm doing, you know, 100, 150 every day. It's not a workout for me. I call it maintenance, right? Yeah. Maintenance for, you know, for me to go out and do a hundred lunges, it's simply, I'm, I'm working on my hips. I'm making sure my knees, my lower back, if I want to push it, I'll go a little farther. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so that's kind of the distance for me where I've known, like, I'm, I'm taking care of my body. I'm, I'm kind of keeping everything greased in oil. 800 meters is a workout, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, that, that's, 
that's tough. So you're, but you're doing all these other things. I think that really helped your immune system. That's, that's pretty cool. Talk a little bit about, first off, what is the record, the time that you're trying to beat? Uh, 25 minutes, 21 seconds. And 25 minutes, 21 seconds. Yep. I applied uh, May 9th through Guinness um, to break it at 24 minutes, 59 seconds, which breaking it down is about a six minute, 14 second, uh, 400 meters. So I have to do four laps at that pace to break it at 24.59. How, I've always been curious this, when people try to break a Guinness world record, how is it tracked or measured or made official? Yeah, so I didn't know either. And once I logged on their website, signed up and, and such, there's three tiers. The first tier is you can have the full Guinness world record experience um, you get the judge, they come out, they do media, they promote it, all that good stuff, but you got to pay eight to $10,000. Yeah. So I obviously didn't do that one. <laughs> the second one, and they also review your application within a couple of days. The second one, you pay $800 to a thousand and they review it within um, a couple of weeks or so. And then the free one, it could take up to 16 weeks to review the application itself. Um, and then they, they break it down a set of guidelines that you're gonna need, like video and all that good stuff. Uh, somebody counting my steps, somebody making sure my knee touches every single step, um, and a full length video of the whole thing. Um, those are the kind of like the basics. There's little things here and there that people have to sign and such that I gotta get together um, when they send me if they accept it or not. So they, I have yet to hear back from them, but my mindset is so set in stone on breaking it that it, even if they do reject it for some reason, I don't know why they would, uh, I would still do it on August 30th. I, I'm my, I'm tunnel vision. I'm, I'm attempting to break it August 30th. And they've Probably. given you specific, like what their specifications would be. Correct. You already know those. Uh, no, they're going to give me more if they do accept or decline. I have like a basic sheet from when I first applied that I have to look at it and they tell me, tell you exactly what it was, but the basics would be video, a stopwatch, like a clicker of my steps and somebody judging me basically. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. I mean, that's, that should be more than, more than enough. Um, anyway. Yeah. Six minutes, 14 seconds per 400 meters yep. is fast. Um, Very fast. Talk about your training and how you've gone about because this isn't a common thing. It's not like running a mile and all these people have done it. And so you yep. can follow in somebody else's footsteps. How have you decided to train and go about this? So you can continually get stronger and get faster leading up to the end of August. Yeah, so when I first really uh, applied, we were still in the gym was still shut down May 9th. So I was just doing everything at home. I wasn't front squatting. I wasn't really squatting at all. I don't have that kind of equipment here in my apartment. Um, but once the gym opened up, I got right back into it and uh, just didn't really say much about the uh, me applying. But then I really got to thinking, I started talking to Corey. And then I started working with uh, Trey and, and providing some content about it. 
And that's when I really just, as soon as I did that, I, I my mind just cranked up a whole new level. Um, I was still squatting Monday through Friday, the first few weeks of taking the training to a new level. Um, and then a couple last week I, I talked to Corey. I was like, man, I just, I'm having a really hard time recovering. My legs are shot every single day. And he told me to scale back some one or uh, scale back the squats. So I don't front squat Monday, Tuesday anymore. I don't front squat on Thursday. So I squatted today for the first time all week. Um, and then I'll front squat on Friday. So uh, squatting and then I'm doing a bunch of knee tendon strengthening exercises that I'm, I'm getting off from Corey. He's been doing a bunch of that because he's getting ready to uh, to dunk it. So doing a bunch of that, trying to open up my hip flexors, a bunch of glute bridges, um, ton of hamstrings. Like today I probably did close to 200 banded hamstrings. I even went on the machine too and did close to 50 to 75 reps. Uh, a lot of GPP work, sled drags, things like that. It's, I have to do it every day. Just keep that blood flow going in there and get my legs stronger. The the maintenance while building up is, I mean, that's a, that's a job. I mean, that's yeah. a, a, you know, I remember playing in, in Europe and like, there's so much work to getting up into a game and mm -hmm. it's not just game day getting ready, but yep. the ice, the stretching. Oh, I stepped on somebody's foot and so my ankles all messed up, but I'm not going to miss a game. And so now there's all these additional things I'm going to the, to the doctor to get, you know, the massage and just all these, all these different things that have to go about it. But that's how you've taken it, how seriously you've taken it in order to give yourself a chance to do something that's pretty, pretty incredible. Where are you at now with your, your speed, your distance? What's that look like? Yeah. So right now, I think it was two weeks ago, I PR'd my 800 meters uh, at 12 minutes. 15 seconds. So that's ahead of pace. I was, I don't know what it was that day, but I was cruising. I felt great. Um, and then the past couple weeks, starting last Monday, I've been wearing a 10 pound vest for the first 800 meters. And I'm really trying to keep a really good steady pace. Um, to be honest, it should be under eight minutes, probably closer to seven and a half or closer to seven minutes. That's, again, that's cooking, especially with the 10-pound vest. And when you think about 10 pounds, you're like, yeah, that's not much weight. But you throw it on, and then you do lunges for that distance, it's, it's crazy. It, it's a huge difference. But as soon as the 800 meters is over, I drop it, take it off as fast as possible, and then I start my third lap, and I try to get that pace, that 614 pace. To be honest, at that point, you're just – you're wrecked. I mean, you just did 800 meters, let alone you need to do a whole nother lap. And then mentally you're like, man, I still have to do a whole nother lap after that. So I'd be lying if I said like this training was easy because it's far from, um, it's mentally draining, physically draining, but I'm trying to stay positive every single day. And I was just talking to a lady at the track today about, um, how my body was feeling and maybe like 10 weeks ago, I probably would have been really down on myself the rest of the week because of how bad I performed this morning. But I know there's going to be tomorrow. Well, we don't know that, but anyways, I got to go in tomorrow with a new mindset. I'm going to be better than yesterday. 
and be better than the day before, so on and so forth. So yeah, until Fridays is usually when I really try to get that pace. So this Friday, I'll, I'll try to do my three laps at that world record pace. Uh, last Friday, I got it in 20 minutes and 21 seconds. There was, I would say, a total of 30 seconds of me standing there for a quick break between that whole three laps. So you think about it, 20 minutes, 21 seconds for three laps, I'd have to do that last lap in five minutes. <laughs> and that's not gonna happen. So I gotta really crack down on my, my middle laps, like two and three, to really keep that fourth pace, fourth lap pace. Uh, this is interesting where, as we talk about stride, um, is it okay if I ask you a few more questions? Do you have time? Oh, yeah. I have all the time in the world. I'm all okay, here you got now. more time than, than I do, but this is so interesting. I want to keep, I want to keep uh, asking a couple things. So, like, when I'm sure. doing – this is a basketball. Like, I'm doing my lunges for basketball purposes, right? So, I'll do all angles. I'll do side lunges. I'll do kind of a 45-degree angle open step, reverse, mm -hmm. all these different variations that I'm doing you're striding out forward every time what's the key for you to have a, a great consistent stride without um, slowing yourself down without overstepping in the sense that that next step now becomes slow yeah that's a good question um so i really try to a big part of it is my hamstrings to be honest with you um, my hamstrings were super weak, and I really try to press that stride out as far as I can. Um, and digging my whole foot into the ground flat, and thinking about exploding through my heel into my next my next stride. So not every single stride is going to be like super long. Um, I incorporate, like you said, you do like side lunges and and across the body lunges. I I've been doing a lot of so-called pocket lunges where you you kind of hold it for a second those are on days where I, I need to take it easy and and uh, get that good stretch in the knee to build those knee tendons um, I'll do a stride and then literally move forward and put my whole knee over my toe uh, and and get that good stretch get that good blood flow into the, the I don't know what the muscles called but it's like right on the inside like, like a teardrop type deal um, of your knee and I hold it for a couple seconds or I even move it back and forth and then I explode in the next one and sometimes I try to keep the stride a little shorter on those so I can go deeper into the my knee over my toe um, and that's helped a ton you get so much blood into there and then the next day when you do no, a normal stride um, it, it feels so much better no that's key I think I should probably do some of those a little, bit, right. a little bit longer because I've been working all sorts of angles. Um, but sometimes I don't do that. I'll, I'll go down and I push back up because I'm working on being explosive. But you're right. right, it's important to be able to kind of work work it around. Sometimes you can find a little, a little kink or a nod or a bump and you can kind of work it out oh, while yeah. you're in some of those positions, which is, which is uh, obviously key. Uh, Jake, anything else that you kind of want to want to mention or bring up with what you're up to with the lunges, anything as we start to finish out the podcast? Yeah, I'd just like to to kind of 
throw a challenge out there, I mean, give them a shot. You don't have to do the full 800 meters. You don't even have to do 400 meters. Just give it a shot and try to do a little bit of a distance uh, like yourself. You do 100 every day. Go out and as crazy as it sounds, go. If you live in an apartment complex, who cares? Who cares who sees you? I mean, I've done them around a dog park here in my apartment complex and people come out and watch. I've seen people take pictures of me like this dude's crazy. Uh, and I'm just go out there and challenge yourself a little bit. What are you doing today to make yourself better? Uh, this is a time where people need to be uh, healthy and take their body serious with the coronavirus going on. I mean, what are you doing to prevent you from getting that? You know what I mean? So yeah, that's, that's what I want to go away with is just get out there and challenge yourself, whether it's with a lunge or going out for a walk, um, 10 minute walk, um, anything active, just get moving. Your body's going to thank you. Um, your mind's going to thank you. You're going to just overall feel better than what you did before you did that if you didn't do anything. So that's why that's why I want to go away with. Go out and challenge yourself and, and just embrace that uncomfort. Um, you'll you'll reap the benefits if you continue to do so. Something physically active. Yeah. 100%. 100% agree. And then the other thing I would mention that you're doing is get up a little earlier. Yeah. Get up a little earlier. You know, get up at two thirty in the morning. But what what is your normal wake up time? And I know things are crazy with COVID nineteen, and and you know I'm a perfect example of that. I should be, you know, in Michigan right now running camps. I'm down in Myrtle Beach back home still. But right. with whatever your schedule is, how can you push it to challenge yourself a little bit in a way that's going to benefit you today or or down the road? Get up 15 minutes earlier or put together something that you can build towards, right? So maybe today it's, you know, a half hour earlier, but maybe that means I'm going to bed earlier and now I start to get a cycle and a plan together that's going to lead to me being a more productive person every day. And Jake, you know, when yep. you're productive, you don't like everything that you're doing every day. Right. It's not enjoyable every day, but you're proud of yourself because you are using the time that you have. Right. In yeah. the right way. You're not wasting time. OK. Yeah. Um, and so that's big. Being able to do that physically obviously has a lot of benefits um, mentally and relationships and everything from there. And then understand that. Like, Jake, you've been doing this for over 500 days. Yep. You're going to go to try to break this world record. Uh, at the end of August. And it's just another example of if there's something that you're trying to build and work towards and accomplish in your life, mm -hmm. whatever you see isn't what it is. It's a, it's a sliver of all the work that's been put in. And in your case, for years and years, yeah leading yeah. up to being able to accomplish something pretty cool. And the yeah. majority of people are only going to see that end, right? But they're not going to yeah. see the 2.30 a.m. wake-ups. They're not no. going to see the mile, the 800-meter lunge walk where you feel like your quads are going to explode and your back's, back's hurting, but you suck it up and you do it anyway. And it's yeah. those things that people don't see 
that you allow that allow you to be able to do special things when people are watching, right? I, I couldn't and agree more. That's what you're doing. It's a great way to build your confidence. You know, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I had a I had a coach talk to me a few weeks ago, a friend of mine, Coach Troshak, and he was talking mm-hmm. about when I come in and run basketball camps, and he's like, Steve, that you have a, a confidence when you go in and work with kids. Like when, when you're teaching and coaching and interacting with people, there's a confidence that you give out. And then the kids get confident because oh, yeah. your body language and how you're speaking. How you're, and you don't just get confident. You don't just get belief that you can do something. It's, mm-hmm. it's earned. It's developed. And, you know, the reason that I'm, when I'm coaching basketball and I can be super confident in what I'm saying and how I'm teaching is because of the hours I've logged working at it, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think I've noticed this from even some of your social media stuff um, is there's a, a confidence level and a, a way that you carry yourself that maybe you didn't have five years ago, right? Yeah. Because oh, yeah. this compound effect of you putting in the work consistently over time has changed you. It's changed you for the better, right? Absolutely. And I, I sure as heck hope I'm not the same person five years from now that I am today. Right. right? I sure as heck hope I'm not the same person I was in high school. I want to be better than that. Right. And it's, it's the, yeah. the daily actions that you're a great example of that allow you to do special things moving forward. So I just want to commend you and encourage you for that. Keep up the great work. Yeah, I appreciate that, Steve. Thanks for checking out our podcast today. If you guys liked lunges, man, I hope this was an enjoyable podcast podcast for you. Uh, we look forward to coming back more episodes. Uh, Jake, anything you want to say to finish it out? I uh, just want to say thank you for having me on, Steve. It's, it's been a pleasure. Um, it's great actually seeing you on, on this Zoom call right now. Um, I hope you're doing well in South Carolina uh, and enjoy yourself. Appreciate it, Jake. Thanks again.